Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, guys. You're going to love this company, Nutribolt. And on the podcast today is their CEO, Doss Cunningham. Doss, it's so great having you on the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Dude. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you. And it's so great having you on. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now. We've been trying to get this scheduled and I had so much fun uh, learning about you and your background and then this company and it's just exploding. Um, and what you guys are doing is really cool in this really interesting space. So um, before I get ahead of myself and we get to the company and brand, I, I want to ask you about your background. Um, I know you grew up in the startup space and around kind of that that world, but share with our listeners like how you even got into that at, that and, and how did it get started for you? Yeah, so uh, you know, I grew up in Austin, Texas, um, and from a very very early age, uh, you know, learned how to make a dollar. And my <laughs> mom was here, and my dad was trying to get uh, his business off the ground, and so I um, had to get creative uh, to you know, buy some of the things I wanted, and um, did everything from you know, having a a vegetable stand, a taco stand, having a summer lawn care business that ran you know, multiple summers. So I found a way to make a dollar uh, very early um, and um, grew a lot from that. You, wow. know, you uh, learn you know, how to take some risk, how to kind of put yourself out there a little bit and um, you know, find uh, white space. <laughs> no <laughs> and, question. Um, even, even at the young age of 10 years old, um, you know, I found ways to, to be successful as a entrepreneur and uh, um, bring home you know, money to, to really um, take a little bit of pressure off my parents. I love that. Now, you know, I, I love asking entrepreneurs, like, have you always been in that world or did you start like in a big brand and then make a move into that space? What did that look like for you in your career before you got to Nutribolt? Yeah, so no, I mean, Nutribolt really is kind of the, the first um, you know, post-college uh job in career <laughs> nice. I, I uh like i said i grew up in austin uh, i went to college at texas a&m i always worked uh, even through high school and in college i had a job everything from um you know working at the local drugstore uh, to making sandwiches in, in, in college uh, at the local uh roly-poly sandwich shop sure um but when i was in school um my college roommate uh, told me about Nutribolt, and uh, at the time it was called Woodbolt, um, and this sports nutrition company that was getting off the ground, um, and uh, you know that was how I became connected, and ultimately um, that connection led to what has been now uh, 16 years in the business um, with um, you know approximately 11 of those years. Uh, running the company. Perfect. I love it. Um, and and what a cool story. For those who don't know, Nutribolt, um, Nutribolt, largest independently held sports nutrition company in the world. Um, Nutribolt.com. You guys can check it out. And they make this product you might have heard of called C4. It's one of their brands. Um, and I think you guys name it the the America's best-selling pre-workout brand. So why don't you share with our audience, like, you know, the origins of Nutribolt and how the brand got started? 
Yeah, so the company really uh, spun out of uh, retail that was um, you know failing. Uh, there was a lot of different market conditions back in uh, 2000 or so uh, that um, were starting to challenge brick and mortar retailers. The founder of our company actually owned two retail stores in Bryan College Station area, which is where I went to school. Um, but the emergence of online retailers and you know really the distribution um, being uh, lacking control, um, sure. uh, lacking control. You know the brands that were really the the dominating brands in the space. You know were selling the same product to mass market um, as they were selling to our founder. You know at his small mom and pop uh, retail store. And that created an incredible uh, pressure. As you know, the, the small guy can't sure. compete. Absolutely. And so he decided that the, the writing was on the wall, the retail, uh, or especially the small mom and pop stores, would be doomed, you know, if they continued to, you know, try and compete against um, some of those market forces. Um, you know, he probably could have taken a different approach and developed, you know, his own brands and continued to just support his retail store. But he had a bigger vision and he wanted to try and help rescue uh, retailers that were like him. So that's where the company was born and our first uh, foray into sports nutrition um, occurred. And so Cellucor was that sports nutrition brand. It was a brand that consisted of several different product lines. Uh, C4 was not part of the the brand. Um, it, it didn't come along till uh, much later uh, in 2011. Got it. Um, so yeah, we we uh, first started off by servicing sports nutrition and um, trying to be that um, that stabilizing force for. That's that's great, and thanks for the setup. Um, and what was it that brought you to the company? What was it that interested you about the company and the opportunity there? Yeah, so I was studying accounting. Um, I'd interned with Deloitte and Touche. Had a career that was already well uh, on its way. I signed my letter of intent to go work in their uh, Deloitte and Touche's Houston uh, Audit and Insurance Group, and. Um, was taking uh, graduate courses at Texas A&M. Um, this was all around that same time where sure. my came and said, hey, like, I got this great opportunity. Um, we worked in some sales jobs in the past. He knew I loved you know, growth businesses and that I would be willing to potentially take some risk. And um, So he brought me over uh, to, to meet the founder and that's how I got connected. Um, he interviewed me uh wanted to hear me say that i was going to pledge you know long term to the <laughs> right uh, on the first day um uh, that didn't happen and so <laughs> he didn't he didn't extend me a job offer but oh, wow. very after that he reached back out and said we need some help with accounting we, we are a small startup and i would love to have your assistance just with the books and you know any extra um you know insights you might be able to provide you know i was you know still in school I had you know, studied accounting and had, had some pretty, you know, good, you know, internship experience, but, but by no means was any kind of financial expert. But he wanted to take a chance on me and bring me in, and it was supposed to be a part-time, you know, uh, internship, if you will. Sure. And so, story that you know I like to tell in the company is like intern the, you know, owner and CEO. Um, <laughs> nice. That one was uh, part-time, and you know, I, I was not planning a career at Nutribolt at the time, but. 
you know, working alongside Paul for the first month, um, I realized that there was going to be a lot of opportunity and, you know, I jumped all over it. That's awesome. Um, as you got into the role, pretty unique. What, what was the company like then? And, and, you know, what were some of the, the, the things that were happening that gave you the, the, um, I'd say the, the view that things were moving in a good direction, you know what I mean? Where was the industry then? And then what was it about the company that was working? Well, you know, the industry was, was pretty, uh, it was a pretty, uh, I don't know how to say this nicely. Um, <laughs> That's okay. it, was a, it was a pretty simple, you know, minded industry. There was not a lot of sophistication. Um, there was a ton of white space and you really had people that were coming out of bodybuilding careers, um, people that were just passionate about bodybuilding sports nutrition that were uh, making um, the decision to try and go uh, build their own product lines and get retailer support. Um, and so you saw a lot of brands kind of be born that way. Got it. Um, people did it really, really well and were able to achieve scale, but you know, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, primitive, um, you know, industry at the time. The industry has come so far, you know, and the sports nutrition, um, category has definitely mainstreamed, you know, some people, you know, kind of started to blend sports nutrition and active nutrition. Sure. Categories. But now today, I think there's a consumer uh, that has a deep appreciation for what they put into their bodies, nutritional uh, supplements, you know, things that can help them, you know, live healthier, uh, look better, perform better. And so, you know, the category, has, you know, just really opened up. And with that, um, I think it's invited in, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that sure. have one of you. That's an, uh, it's fascinating. And then on the product side, as as things were you know, growing, I, I, in my mind, that was one of the things I thought was like the consumer uh, for your your business and your brands has really changed, evolved, and grown over time. As as really the health and wellness space is is really just exploded, right? And how have you guys worked to to take take your brands and meet that need? Yeah, so you know, I think part, part of it, and you know, I know you asked the question, you know, like what's different between you know, now and back then. I mean, today, I mean, we just we've really um, tried to uh, you know, evolve our offering and and really kind of help people understand, you know, what functional benefits we can provide, you know, to help address you know, some of the uh, need states. And so, you know, what we ultimately do is we we leverage you know, scientifically backed ingredients and. Um, we put together formulations that are best in class, you know, that are really kind of category uh, leading. And in some cases, you know, we are the dominant category leader, um, as is the case with our pre-workout supplements in C4 and our post-workout supplement extend. Um, but, you know, we, we try and help consumers understand in, in more of a layman's term, you know, what we do and we market our products accordingly. Sure. Um, We've evolved immensely from, you know, 2004 to 2020 um, in that regard. Wow. And so has that meant a shift in how you operate or bringing on different types of people on your team to help to, to move with that changing consumer? Without a doubt. I mean, we, we've uh, continued to build the team uh, and really sourcing, um, you know, different experiences and skill sets, you know, to help us you know, grow. Uh, and, and execute against our vision. Um, so, you know, over the last 15 years um, or so, since, you know, I really joined 
um, the, the the business, uh, you know, the 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 world's changed a lot. Sure, you know, uh, the emergence and now domination of e-commerce, the way consumers like to get their content, the way they like to learn about um, you know, new product offerings, um, all of that's changed. So we've had to learn new skills, and ultimately, um, you know, we in most cases, you know, brought on that expertise that could help us, you know, train those new muscles and get up to speed. Sure. I love that. Um, talk about your route to market. Um, were you, you know, what does that look like over time? How has that grown and changed? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned up front, we were really trying to support the mom and pop retailer. Um, we had a lot of discipline within our distribution and, um, it was very specialty centric. And so we worked with mom and pop shops. We worked with GNC franchises. Sure. Um, we really uh, put a pretty limited uh, scope uh, on where we would sell our products. We wouldn't sell to big corporate flags. We didn't sell to any online retailers. You wow. Know, early days. But you know, that wasn't a sustainable model. Um, but we didn't want to make the mistakes that a lot of our competitive you know, um, predecessors had made. Uh, when it comes to you know how they got into those other channels, a lot of those uh, you know, companies back in the you know early two thousands were just happy to sell a product right. to anywhere, right? <laughs> so we were very intentional as we started to to, to really grow and, and have demand that you know went way past specialty. Um, we would focus on our brand architecture and come up with um, you know product line extensions extensions or, you know, unique offerings uh, that would support the channel strategy and have a point of differentiation. Yeah. I noticed that uh, you guys are not, not just in one retailer, but man, you guys are in Costco, Vitamin Shop, GNC, Walgreens, Target, Walmart, bodybuilding.com. I mean, talk about a, a wide breadth of, of places with your product. And I'm guessing that's something that's just grown over time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's for us, it's really important to be where consumers are at and, you know, we want to be accessible to all. I mean, our, our mission as a company is you know, to help maximize human potential. And, you know, for us to be um, only available in, a, in, in one you know, major retailer or one major channel is, is a disservice to our mission. So, you know, being in you know, all the channels where you know, consumption is happening and really thinking about what those consumers need understand our consumer um you know and, and how to position you know our products you know how to hit you know important price points that's all part of it um sure and then to the emergence of you know online and now you know the way people today i like, really get gained information you know, where is attached to their phone so you know that omni-channel experience you know where we can attach online and offline um you know to a really consumer-centric experiences. That's awesome. Um, talk about for for you, like, and in, in from a leadership perspective, you had to, to uh, grow in the business. Like, what did you know? We're we're just entering a new year here as we're doing this recording. You know, what did some of the big investments look like in twenty twenty? Yeah, well, uh, in twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what I meant to say. Yeah, here we are in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny how that takes a few weeks to get used to. Um, <laughs> So, you know, for us in 2021, you know, we're just going to continue to, to execute our game plan. You know, we've really done a lot, you know, to I think, position us for success long term. 
um, you know, we continue to grow our distribution uh, of the energy um, drink category. You know, our C4 brand, which I mentioned earlier, launched back in 2011. It really didn't launch as a energy beverage until 2018. Got it. So the distribution network is very different. The uh, consumer um, addressable market is, is, is different and larger. And so we're going to continue to you know, execute that game plan. So we're, we're growing into new uh, accounts. We're um, you know, focusing on you know, supporting those accounts as we grow our, our field uh, sales organization. Um, we are continuing to try and make our brand, um, you know, more uh, known. Um, at, you know, really expanding top of funnel. And, um, you know, you're going to see us do a lot of things. Uh, I won't get into all the details. Sure, of course. We're we're going to be growing our our, our awareness and you know, driving you know a, a lot of growth. Uh, in yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So t- tell us a little bit about LiveWell and some of the investments there. Doss, I think our, our audience would love to learn more about, you know, kind of what it is and how you've been able to bring that to life. Yeah, so LiveWell is really the manifestation of, of my entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I partnered up with some guys I've known a long time that are really great entrepreneurs that um, you know, just done a fantastic job of getting this um, you know, investment company going. You know, I'm still running Nutriball you know, every single day. I, I don't have a ton of time to, to give, but my partners, uh, DJ and Brian, um, you know, have really helped get this thing off the ground. We focus on better for you, uh, functional uh, food and beverage with an emphasis on beverage. Um, you know, we are uh, early stage investors, seed, series A, um, you know, we, we like to be pretty early. Um, we've made a number of investments over the years. Some of the more notable ones um, include Women Perfect, uh, which is on a tear right now, growing uh, just hand over fist. Um, Weller, um, which is a brand that really launches a CBD brand, but sure. has launched a um, wellness line, first really infused with CBD. Now they've launched this um, line that features immunity benefits, which is obviously great in, in this current moment. Um, we've made a few other investments, you know, on the on the food side, uh, FitJoy, um, which is a healthy snacking company, um, Yumi, which is a superfood for babies uh, uh, brand. And then, you know, what we've really done um, as of late is we've started to focus on our platform here in Texas. Um, so back in early 2020, we made a, a controlling investment into Dynamo, which is a, um, it's got the goal of really being the most powerful distribution platform wow. for high growth beverage brands, you know, wow. in central Texas. And so that, that ecosystem in Austin is so important, clearly, um, for brands that are in the better for you space. Um, and so owning that platform will allow us to service our investments, provide a strategic point of differentiation to some of the other capital that's out there and available. Um, and so we're super excited about what, what that, uh, that platform is going to do for us. Perfect, man. Yeah. And, wow. you know, it's interesting. Um, you while leading this business and growing this business and you've got live well going you've had to juggle a lot of things and as a leader um i always like to ask 
you know, what are, what are some of the, the things you've learned along this path of leading this business and growing this business and then balancing out some of the other priorities? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think leadership, you know, at its very, very core is, you know, about setting the tone and, you know, we are a, a very intentional organization. You know, we have core values that we live and die by, you know, we hire, we fire, we promote, um, and we, we develop, you know, along these core values, uh, we make important business decisions around these core values. Um, so I think leadership, you know, in its best form is establishing that framework and then holding the organization accountable, um, you know, to, to those core values. Also, you know, I think the, the, you know, the core values is really kind of the, you know, the environment, um, but you know, really having uh, goals that the organization can understand and know how they play a role uh, in achieving those goals. So we put a lot of effort every year into our, um, our, our OGSM uh, strategic framework. And so we set, uh, I know you're probably familiar with that. I'm very, <laughs> very familiar, <laughs> yeah. but define uh, OGSMs for our listening yeah, audience. So, so, you know, OGSM, it's objective goal strategy measure and you know it's uh, the objective is usually words what you want to accomplish the the goal is you know usually quantitative numeric it's how you determine whether or not you're achieving that objective totally um, oftentimes milestoned out and also you know objective and goals usually a bit longer term call it three years and then the strategies are really the um the efforts made to achieve those objectives. And then the measures are once again, quantitative and hold you accountable. Absolutely. Your, 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 your goal path um, for that strategy. So we use that framework and then, you know, that framework, you know, at the executive level looks a certain way, you know, it's, it's a little less detailed, it's sure. a little bit high level, and then we cascade it down a level. So totally. yep. it's a, it's a really important part of what we do. Um, you know, getting the organization aligned, knowing what success is, tracking that success, holding people accountable. Um, you know, that's my ultimate job. You know, I'm not the subject matter expert in any one particular area. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, at this point, um, a generalist and I have experts all around me, um, that, that own their domains. My, my goal, uh, you know, as a leader is to make sure that everyone is working together in the same direction. I love that. That's uh, great advice. Yeah, OGSMs. We used that when when I was at Coca Cola, and we would cascade it. I think that you know the executive level had OGSMs, and each level down would have their OGSMs that would roll up into you know for the organization. Really cool model for those that are uh, that love good models for organizational leadership. Yet another thing that you do with your time, as if there was more spare time, was you and your wife have your own uh, foundation, the Give Joy Foundation. Share with our audience a bit about that. Yet another very cool angle to you as a leader. Yeah, so the Give Joy Foundation was established uh, several years ago at uh, 501c3. Um, It really spun out of our philanthropic arm at the company. You know, every year um, going back to... Um, really, uh, when I took on you know, leadership back in uh, 08, um, we would find ways to impact our community. We really focused locally. Um, we looked you know, on how we could make the biggest difference. And being in Bryan, Texas, there was a lot that we could do. Sure. Um, wasn't um, 
you know, a, a, a city that had a lot of funding for their schools. Uh, we really focused in on some of the most, uh, you know, uh, disadvantaged, um, you know, schools within the Bryan, uh, um, within the Bryan community. And, um, we would, uh, try and provide, uh, both education and access around nutrition, around um, the importance of movement. Um, and some of this was directed at the teachers as well as the students. Um, but, you know, just to give you an idea, like what we'll do is we'll build food pantries or we'll establish backpack programs. A lot of the students, um, and we really kind of target the sixth grader, but a lot of the students would go home, you know, on a weekend and maybe not have access to, you know, nutrition at all until they come back wow. to school. Just a really uh, stark contrast to, to the world that you know I grew up in, and you know, my kids are growing up in. Sure, but it's a world that's very real, and you know we want to make uh, as big of an impact as we can. You know, and obviously, um, you know, there's only so much that you know we can do, but we are trying to um, grow this effort by getting other people to get involved. Uh, we, we organized as a five hundred one c three because we wanted to be able to raise. Uh, funds, you know, and, and really, um, you know, give, give this, um, this mission, you know, a, a much larger scale over time. You know, it's going to be some, it's going to be our life's work. I mean, if, sure. if, thinking about OGSM, you know, and the business discussion, like, you know, this, this is our, you know, 200 year plan. Right. Uh, How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, um, what a cool story. What a neat background. And, um, and, and, and great to see what you're doing, um, both you know, in and out of the office. You know what I mean. Um, share with our audience where they can connect with the brand, where they can find your products, where they can learn more. Yeah, so um, you know, the C4 brand that is, I think, probably the most well known. You know, this brand is distributed uh, just about everywhere, um, but you know, you can go to c4energy.com. You can really um, have a, a great experience, learn about the different products. You know, really, uh, you know, set yourself up for whatever your your own unique needs are. Um, you know, we we have a product that we try to design, you know, to to, to meet those needs. Um, but yeah, c4energy.com for C4, cellucor.com for the original Cellucor Sports Nutrition brand, and Extend X T E N D dot com you know for our post-workout uh, hydration recovery product line um but as i mentioned you know we're we're in just about every major retailer um you know the energy drink business is is a little bit earlier in its um you know distribution so you know, you're likely to find that depending on what market in a lot of the convenience stores sure. 7-elevens you know the, the big grocery chains um but you know that one's still still growing wow it's pretty awesome. Well, Doss, it's been great meeting you and connecting with you. Um, it would be great to have you back on down the road as, as things continue to evolve. I know you've got a lot of investments planned and um, really appreciate you coming on today. Hey, thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. 
This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.